You know, um, the thing about infrastructure building out as fast as it is right now is even a year ago, if you had range anxiety, uh, the technology that we have on our phones, which gives us access to five, six, ten different application stations, uh, it's at your fingertips. And, and there's even assimilators and consolidators so that you can even get in your car, push a button and see where your closest stations are. So the thought process of where would I charge, uh, when will I need to charge next, uh, that's really out of the equation now. This is Middle Tennessee Electric's Plugged In Podcast. This podcast focuses on the world of electric vehicles. It is for all EV enthusiasts. Whether you are an early adopter and have been driving an EV for years, or you're just starting your research, this podcast is for you. Hi, I'm Brandon Wagner with Middle Tennessee Electric's Plugged In Podcast. Amy had a well-deserved vacation this week, but I had a chance to sit down with Josh Witt, one of our EV Car Club members, to talk about his recent Hyundai Ionic 5 purchase. The two of us had a chance to sit down and talk about EVs in general, his Hyundai Ionic experience, as well as all the research he did making that purchase. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Josh, you have a, uh, a Hyundai Ionic 5, and I've had some car club members who've called me and asked me about different models that they're thinking about, and one of them that I'm, I'm frequently asked about is the Hyundai Ionic 5. So first of all, I appreciate you being here. It is Veterans Day. I know you're a veteran, so I want to say thank you for that. Thank you for your service. Um, and I, just introduce yourself for us, if you don't mind. Yeah. Well, Brandon, it's always fun to talk about EVs, because uh, whether we like it or not, it's kind of the wave of the future. And uh, no one knows exactly how it's going to turn out just yet. There's a lot of infrastructure we got to build out. But uh, today, I can tell you that I'm a guy who works in strategy for a living. And uh, there's a lot of strategy behind where EVs are going. Technology is fascinating and if you roll back the clock just 10 years, I've watched this evolve into something where when I had my first occasion here in June to buy one, I didn't hesitate. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's uh, a little bit about what I do and, and how I do it and how I ended up in your EV car club. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I am curious, you, you landed on the Hyundai Ionic 5. Um, I, is it, give me a little bit of an idea of what drove that decision. Is, is it the first Hyundai you've ever had? You know, I've had Hyundais for years, okay. and their warranty is second to none. Uh, the local dealer network is outstanding. Uh, some of the greatest professionals I've ever seen in the car business. And when Hyundai introduced the Ionic 5, uh, it was an extension, obviously, beyond the old Ionics uh, that were hybrids. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was just a game changer. I mean, where else could you get a vehicle for $40,000 to start that has a 212-mile range, uh, has an amazing warranty, and just an unbelievable support network behind it? So I could go for days as to how uh, Hyundai really convinced me as a former Hyundai owner, right. one who still currently has three of them, and uh, one who really thinks that the Ionic 5 and 6 are going to be the future. I, I'm curious, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the warranty? You know, Hyundais are unique because uh, these warranties are kind of confusing to folks, but it's pretty straightforward. I mean, imagine bumper-to-bumper -bumper coverage for five years, 60,000 miles, because there's just a lot of technology in these cars. And the, the bogey, if you will, is not knowing what it would cost to fix something. So when you can drive 60,000 miles and know that a dealer is going to take care of that for you, uh, that they'll uh, provide services when you need them, uh, it gives you a lot of peace of mind. I suppose from that person who says, you know, EVs are too expensive too, plenty of $40,000 cars out there today, but they don't offer that degree of warranty. Right. So uh, that's important. But you know, the other issue about EVs and warranties are the batteries. And legitimately, I I've had hybrids before, but this is the first true EV that I had. And to have a 100,000 mile warranty, knowing that Hyundai stands behind what they're doing and yeah. that uh, they're really trying to help the customers uh, really adopt this technology means a lot. 
Oh, that's interesting. I, I, I did. So you started, you were a hybrid owner before going full EV. Yeah. Um, I guess range anxiety probably, it's something that bothers everybody, but you, you probably felt, had a good grasp of that going from a hybrid to a full battery EV. You know, um, the thing about infrastructure building out as fast as it is right now is even a year ago, if you had range anxiety, uh, the technology that we have on our phones, which gives us access to five, six, ten different application stations, uh, it's at your fingertips. And, and there's even assimilators and consolidators so that you can even get in your car, push mm -hmm. a button and see where your closest stations are. So the thought process of where would I charge, uh, when will I need to charge next, uh, that's really out of the equation now. Yeah. And that's changed just in the last year or two. Uh, but those stations have also increased in speed. So the other issue beyond range anxiety is how inconvenient is it to charge uh, in the midst of a family trip or uh, just getting from here to there. So these yeah. are things that are happening so fast, especially with a car like the Ionic. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, you've got your sons here, Kenny, Lincoln, and, and Barrett. And uh, I'm curious, sometimes these cars People think of them as small and not good for a big family like that. Hmm. Um, you have any issues with the size of the Ionic Five? I mean, you, you got quite a carload this morning, and, yeah. and that's okay. And you're planning on on a trip too, mm -hmm. so uh, no space issues. You know, the Ionic 5 does not have a frunk like a lot of them do. And there's a lot of business reasons as to why Hyundai didn't invest in that. But they have a ginormous back seat area that actually on the trip we'll talk about later, I was able to lay down the seats and have a camping area in the back where it was completely flat. Very cool. Uh, so you have space at your fingertips that you just wouldn't normally have. But as most EV owners will know, uh, you have a flat floor. And so where you typically have these drivetrain humps and areas that take up space, it's expansive in there and mm -hmm. lots of, you know, leg room for a guy like me and uh, lots of headroom. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's just very comfortable for long expanses. Uh, I can't emphasize enough how Hyundai has really made an ergonomic experience for the buyer. That's interesting. So um, obviously you're all in on the Hyundai brand and you've, you've noticed that ergonomic design. How do you, were there, were there other EVs you were com considering before you landed on the Ionic 5? Yeah, I guess you could say I, I've been a, a long-time listener, first-time caller uh, in, oh, okay. in, in that way because I uh, made the order for the Tesla 3 the moment, and I mean like the moment that the deposits were taken years ago, but never followed through because it took too long and just gave mm -hmm. up hope. Uh, the moment that I could purchase a Hummer EV, I went ahead and put down the $100 deposit for that, and of course we don't expect those still for another year or two. But I am very much committed to EVs at large. And Hyundai, with the product and the price point that they're offering right now, is just a value proposition you can't beat. Yeah. Uh, it really uh, goes toe-to-toe. -to -toe. And in fact, I love pulling up alongside Teslas, you know, who paid eighty dollars to $119,000. I came up on an EQS the other day and a Lucid Air. Mm -hmm. um, these are vehicles that are crazy price points. You know, a family guy like me can't afford $100,000 for an EV. Sure. But to buy one for $40,000 plus tax and license, um, that's a whole different ballgame. And so, yeah, I'm committed to Hyundai, but I'm committed what Hyundai is doing to really promote this. They're making them available. They're making them dependable. They're integrating technology that takes away things like range anxiety. And I think that long term, they're going to be a great player. Mm. That's awesome. I, I'm, you know, I, I told you we've had some folks that have called in. And one of the things that's interesting, I, I've heard this a lot about the Hyundai Ionic 5 and the Kia EV6, mm -hmm. is that people will see pictures of them on the Internet yeah. and they're not really all that impressed. But then they see one in person, <laughs> and it's a totally different experience. It is. Um, one, for, one person told me they, they, um, they just stopped by a Kia dealer, and they saw, and they said, i, I got to have this. So mm. 
Um, for those folks who are sort of thinking about different models, if, if Hyundai Ioniq 5 is on their radar, mm -hmm. what would you tell them to consider? You know, the, I'm, I'm emphasizing a price point at 40000 because mine is a standard range and gets about 212 miles on a full charge, okay. and it charges very quickly. I can get 80% on there in just about 18 minutes. Wow. Uh, so that technology has really improved on the Ionic. So again, price point-wise, you get a lot for your money. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, uh, you can get a fully outfitted all-wheel drive Hyundai Ionic 5 for right around $60,000. So that's a big delta from 40 to 60, and sure, there's a beautiful sunroof and all sorts of things that you add to it, but for $40,000, I don't know of a single vehicle out there that I'd rather drive. Uh, it really delivers a lot of value, not just in the savings on gas, obviously, but uh, it's fun to drive. The zero to 60 time on it, the fact that it's completely silent. In fact, in our family, we joke it's kind of our family millennial Fal Millennium Falcon, I guess <laughs> okay. it was called, yeah. because you feel like you're in a spaceship with your dashboard and your complete silence. And again, I'll, I'll come up on folks side-by-side side at a stoplight and they're in their big diesel pickup trucks and they accelerate quickly off the light and I accelerate quickly off the light. Mine's completely silent where theirs is blowing smoke and it just sounds crazy loud. Yeah. Maybe that's cool, but, uh, and in fact, I've driven plenty of big trucks in the years. That's why it's kind of paradoxical that the former soldier, six foot two, 220 pound guy also loves his EV. Yeah. But yeah. uh, it's definitely something that I think is gonna make a lot of sense in the future. We're gonna continue to see the price points come down. The infrastructure is building out exponentially fast. We're seeing the government interventions with the tax credits. I mean, that's obviously gonna help a little bit. But beyond that, we're really investing in something which is fun. And I, I think that ultimately the EV experience is fun. Not cheap, but it can be cost effective to the tune of the good warranties and the fact that you don't have to pay 515 a gas like take a quick break from the podcast so I can let you know about Middle Tennessee Electric's EV Ready program. This program gives a $50 credit to Middle Tennessee Electric members who have installed or are in the process of installing a level 2 charger in their home. For more information on this program, go to mte.com forward slash drive EV. Now back to the podcast. We were back in June and July. Right. Yeah, you're right. They're not cheap. But there's no cars that are cheap right now. I mean, everything's expensive. They're competitive, so from a price standpoint, it's it's not um, it's not a huge leap. Mm -hmm. You're not spending a ton more to go EV. So mm -hmm. um, we've talked a lot about the good things about the Ionic Five. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you wish was different? Hmm. You know, I probably spend a lot of time talking myself into how much I love the car because there are so many good things. But I think that uh, rear-wheel drive decision for the Hyundai Ionic 5 was a bit of a stretch. And they knew bringing that to the States in rear-wheel drive that that was going to be a question for folks in different parts of the country. Uh, I saw a test drive up in Canada, for example, where in the snow, sure, if you're dealing with six inches of snow, any rear-wheel drive is going to be problematic. But when you have your center of gravity so low as you do in the Ionic 5, and when you have the traction control capabilities that you have. I don't see it as a drawback, but I have seen that identified as a potential problem on the standard range edition, gotcha. that that rear-wheel drive could get you if the weather was bad. Yeah. Thankfully, here in Middle Tennessee, we don't have that problem too often, so right. I'm not worried. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I, okay. That makes sense. Um, 212 miles. Mm -hmm. You ever find that it's not enough for you? <laughs> you know, the one time that my daughter drove it from a Mercedes dealership back home to Old Hickory, uh, she got it down to one mile. And I don't think she realized just how scary that was. Of course, I was watching her on my Hyundai app and I realized it was, it was going very quickly. But uh, yes, she got it home. And in that moment, dad was a little bit worried that uh, maybe we were gonna have a problem. 
But you know, the range issue on any of these EVs right now is so easily managed with just a little bit of forethought and proactive you know, consideration. Yeah. Uh, again, you can push a map button on the Ionic 5 and it'll show me a complete spectrum of different uh, stations that are in range, uh, the ones that will give me a fast charge, the ones that might take a little bit longer so I need to plan where I'm having dinner that night or go shopping. Uh, but you know the fact is that decision making is no longer something I have to really deliberately think about a whole lot. It's yeah. a lot more intuitive now. Okay. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the app? I kind of find that folks, um, they either, well some, not all of the EVs have an app. Um, I find some people that love to look at the data that the app gives, mm -hmm. others they don't seem as engaged on it. Mm -hmm. What are some pretty cool features about the app? You know, the Hyundai Blue Link app is free for the first couple of years. Okay. In addition to that, the agreement that Hyundai has with Electrify America means that when you download that app simultaneously, you can receive free charging, and I do mean free charging, unlimited for the first two years of ownership. Okay. So I have two apps on my phone for my EV. Of course, one is the Blue Link, where I can start the car remotely. I can lock the doors, unlock the doors. I can check the battery. I can basically stop charging so I can walk downstairs, unplug it, and get to work. And the, that app is very intuitive. And again, it's included from Hyundai and it's one that really works well. The Electrify America app is not without its kinks. Uh, plenty of work that they can do uh, to improve their infrastructure. But here in Nashville, and of course with one station in Cookville, uh, we've got DC fast charge capabilities at our fingertips. And so by the airport and then down in Brentwood as well, uh, you can go down there and in 18 minutes, uh, you can get a full 80%, which will take you 200 of those 212 miles. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that you can do that and find where those stations are, if they're available uh, stations, you know, when you pull up or which ones might be disabled at the moment, mm -hmm. that makes the whole process just a lot easier. Okay, very cool. Yeah. So we're getting close to wrapping this episode up, but I, I want to switch gears just a little bit. You're, you're a strategy guy. You've obviously done a lot of research, not just on the, the Ionic 5, but the entire industry. Mm -hmm. um, I want to ask two questions to kind of close. One is, what is something that you see on the horizon that maybe other people are not really uh, getting a lot of coverage on mm. uh, in, the, in the industry in general? And the second one, you mentioned the Hyundai Ionic 6. Mm -hmm. What are some cool things that you're excited about with that vehicle? Well, I'll answer the first question and before I dive into the six, because that's exciting too. You know, in the room here are three of my sons, and we have a stockholder in the room of Nikola, which oh, cool. is Lincoln over there. And he's followed Nikola for about a year now, and it's been a terrible, terrible disaster, like so many stocks in yeah, the EV space. <laughs> but, you know, Nikola is not just investing in EV technology, they're investing in hydrogen. And so I think mm. that that could be part of the future where we okay. look at an extension beyond. Uh, electrifying, uh, you know, if we will, our cars uh, to maybe where hydrogen could have a role, either in commercial or even in uh, retail consumer space. And you see that too in California where they're challenged right now in their electrical grid and the question becomes how am I going to put hundreds, maybe millions of cars on the grid when we can't even keep the lights on today? Mm -hmm. So that would vote a question as to how hydrogen could be a good alternative and Nikola's on the front lines for that. Also in the room is Kenny, uh, who is a stockholder in Lucid. And uh, Rawlinson, who's one of the uh, folks who started Lucid, is really investing in battery technology. And I think that's the future. Uh, while Tesla's doing great things under Musk leadership, I think that uh, we're seeing Lucid really take a different angle of where that range anxiety is no longer an issue. You can go further than you could on a tank of gas. Mm -hmm. And so the infrastructure builds out at the same time that the battery extensions are improving. I, I think you could see a real win there with Lucid if they could ever bring their price point down. 
But the other about the uh, Ionic 6 is just where you see a continuous improvement model with Hyundai. Uh, they're not resting on their laurels. Uh, mm. They're constantly changing the game. And you thought the 5 was beautiful in the pictures and in person. The 6 is just next level. And yeah. uh, that's uh, going to cost a little bit more perhaps, but you're just going to continue to see this evolution of where technology is meeting opportunity. And Hyundai seems to be committed. That's awesome. That's really cool. I, I need to go research the Hyundai Ionic Six. The, I saw my first Lucid in you know in the wild yeah. in Tampa Bay recently, and uh, I was driving my Toyota Sienna, <laughs> and it. it blew right past us. But I and I elbowed my wife and said, "That's what is it? One hundred forty thousand, one hundred fifty thousand dollar car?" Yeah, there's so. one that's over two hundred thousand. The Sapphire. <laughs> wow. A and they are introducing the Air Pure next week, which is supposed to start at eighty nine thousand. Still out of my reach, cool. but uh, that'll oh, be getting, getting it down, down a little there. bit. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing your experience. Um, I know we're going to have questions from folks in the in the uh, in the Facebook group and other places, so um, I may ping you for some more follow ups. But I appreciate you sharing with us. Well, we certainly appreciate Josh and his family coming in to be on our podcast. Uh, if you have any questions for us or any comments, please share them at our Facebook group or email us at evcarclub at mte.com. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to uh, plug in, power up, and drive safe. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review. Also, we would love to hear from you. If you have any ideas of topics you would like for us to discuss, please email us at driveev at mte.com. Thanks for listening.